Welcome to the Happy Mouth Podcast, your delicious daily news fix for the hospitality community. We will be offering a craveable menu of headlines, food for thought, and much, much more. These are the bite-sized news stories you need to know, and they'll drop every morning, Monday through Friday. Hello, world, and welcome back to the Happy Mouth Podcast, your delicious daily news fix for the hospitality community. We are in Los Angeles, California once again, and it's a bright sunny day. And I'm here with my lovely co-host, Naisha Arrington. How are you, Chef? Wonderful. How are you, Philip? I'm doing extraordinarily well today. Thanks for asking. Great. You're doing lots of good things? Yeah, lots of good things. Yeah, I'm trying to. There's a, it seems to be like the world's, the world's really heating up again. There's just like things going on and the phone's ringing a lot more. I just seem to be 200% busier than I was 90 days ago. It's just the world is switching back on. And then next week, it looks like we haven't got complete confirmation yet, but it looks like on the 15th of June, uh, there's going to be some more restrictions coming off. So we're going to see restaurants be a little less restricted in terms of their capacities and what they can actually do inside. And it looks like bar seating is going to be coming back to life, coming back into play. Love to see it. Yeah, it's going to change the game. Speaking about bars, what are we going to be talking about today? So, what's up, guys and gals? Happy (laughs) Tuesday. Today, Philip and I will be continuing the discussion we had last week on to-go alcohol. If you haven't listened already, go ahead and do that. Texas has already made to-go alcohol allowances permanent. And you can listen to that episode that aired on June 1st. And it is very, very interesting. We want to sit down and talk about how this trend of to-go alcohol kind of seems to be sweeping the nation. Uh, More and more states are making this temporary COVID relief measure more of a permanent reality. And so we want to stay in touch on this episode and going forward on why this is significant. Before we dive into that and how it relates to restaurants, let's talk about alcohol and COVID in general. So between March 22nd and March 29th, just 10 days before the World Health Organization declared coronavirus as a global pandemic, liquor sales, get this guys, liquor sales shot up a whopping 204%. Wow. That's just liquor. Wine sales shot up 200%. Beer sales spiked over 159%. And this was after the World Health Organization declared coronavirus as a global pandemic. So people went directly into self-medicating. Yeah, apparently everybody was drinking. Nielsen reported a 54% increase nationwide in alcohol sales during the week of March 21st, 2020, compared to that week in 2019. So 54% year over year, exact same week, um, just the year stacked on top of each other. That is striking. And while that's significant, alcohol sales in 2020 continue to outpace that of previous years just in general. So 2020, like you said, huge drinking year. People just kind of went for it. And, you know, it's a it's an interesting conundrum for me to to look at that because I go, okay, why are people drinking more? Obviously, there's this formula of there's just more time. So you don't have to get up as early. You're not going to work, or at least for the most part, people are not working to the same degree that they maybe were. Uh, pre-pandemic, so you've got more free time and maybe more ability to to kind of relax at home. Oh, they're working from home and just being drunk on Zoom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Drinking while on work calls. You also pull out that commute time, right? You've got, let's say you have an hour to get to work every day both ways. 
now you've just picked up some more time at home. So you've just got more in general free time to consume alcohol or consume whatever it is you happen to consume at home. Just a very interesting set of stats here. I think we can see from our own experiences that the popularity of delivery in alcohol in general um, has definitely progressed over the years. There's a company called Drizzly, and this is a e-commerce-based platform that facilitates delivery of alcohol. Drizzly essentially lets user order a variety of beer, wine, spirits directly from local retailers. So they essentially act like the middleman. And uh, they deliver the alcohol directly to their location via mobile app or website. There is another app-based company called Vivino. And this has become the world's most downloaded mobile wine app and is the largest online wine marketplace. And my gosh, interesting news. They just uh, named a new CEO days ago by the name of Oliver Gramelian. So he's the new chief executive officer. So congrats to him. I'm looking forward to see what he does with Vavino. Uh, there is also uh, wine clubs uh, on the Wall Street Journal and um, just an interesting place in general. This whole d- idea of delivery and alcohol it just seems like a conundrum of anything that is alcohol based and in transit. Right. It's kind of like an oxymoron. Do they have robots is my big question. Oh, my God. PC, I saw a robot on my run yesterday. Really? Yeah, I was running um, west and this robot was running, like coming directly at me. And I I stepped to the side and and said robot. And the robot said, ma'am. And then went on. It It did not talk to you? (laughs) Let's get that talking robots out here. Where are they? Right. Do you know what it was delivering? No, No, I don't. It was a tiny little robot, buddy. And I just... It, I honestly, in that run, I was like, oh, PC and I talked about these delivery robots. Always. Yeah. Delivery robots are one of my favorite things to see driving around. Uh, was it branded? Was it from an? Was it from a company? I'm or sure it was, was from it, a company. Gotcha. I couldn't remember it off the top of my head, but um, I was just like in workout mode. <laughs> it was bringing you a smoothie. I hope. Yeah. Oh, that's what I need to do. Right. Totally. Send it to yourself. Totally. Through a run. 100%. Meet me. That's a boss move. At this point. I will drink you and then leave me alone. Absolutely. Take, take some calls. Yeah. Just take your, your 10 minute break halfway through. There oh, you go. I love this idea. New business idea. hundred percent. We, we already patented it, guys. Don't, don't. Yeah. Don't even try. Um, <laughs> should we pay some bills here? Yeah. Let's do it. Having trouble staffing up? You're not alone. Our industry is facing an unprecedented labor shortage and tech will play a central role in solving this problem. Yelp Kiosk was built in 2018 for restaurants who couldn't afford to pay a dedicated host. In 2021, Yelp Kiosk is supporting restaurants that want to do more with less. By adding Kiosk, your host is no longer trapped behind the host stand, enabling them to assist in all front of house operations. Learn about how Kiosk can help your restaurant at restaurants.yelp.com slash kiosk. As we discussed in our Texas episode, many states legalized to-go alcohol as a way to help restaurants stay afloat, which became a strong lifeline and revenue stream for restaurants during the COVID times. In fact, only 11 states did not allow to-go alcohol measures of any kind. And this was because of compliance and alcohol laws that played a factor. Yeah. And as we all know, there's no perishability to it. You don't have to get it off the shelf quickly. You can hang on to it. So it's one of the kind of perfect items when it comes to uh, both delivery and both just stable shelf life. So there's not, you know, I think as long as even if the restaurants aren't open, you're still kind of hanging on to this asset, if you will, and 
I know on uh, on our side, we were looking at perhaps even being aggressive during COVID. And there was a lot of the purveyors who maybe weren't selling uh, as much alcohol who were offering some deals. And so we were we ended up getting kind of aggressive on the wine side uh, and going out and, and cutting some pretty shrewd deals to get, you know, bulk wine sales in during that time because there was a lot sitting on the purveyor shelves. Makes um, sense. Yeah, it was a it was a, actually a decent time if you were out there shopping the last year and a half or so. Now it's back, of course, to <laughs> the normality of of purchasing. But a year ago, it was, it was a much better environment on our side. In general, most restaurants make 30% of their revenue from alcohol sales, sometimes even 40, depending on your business model. So I think these sort of temporary to-go laws made a huge difference in restaurant survival, as we saw uh, restaurants adopt this certain practices and capitalize on this to-go systems selling cocktail kits, canned drinks, brunch packages, even combo meals with like, you know, like you said, a bottle of wine with your dinner. Mm -hmm. But are they here to stay? I mean, we talked about this on the June 1st episode. Is this something that we're going to be seeing a lot of down the road? Is is to-go alcohol delivery going to become in, a, in an everyday, either mom and pop or independent restaurant? Is that something that an operator can expect to see start to eat up a significant portion of alcohol sale revenue? I haven't seen it yet, and we're still pretty close to the pandemic, and we're not out of it yet. We're still dealing with it, and I'm not seeing an enormous amount of to-go alcohol happen. So mm. again, this is one of those, for me, wait-and-see issues. Like We'll see what it looks like in three to six months. I'm not planning for it to be a massive part of the of our model mm -hmm. in an independently owned, you know, full service fine dining restaurant. But we'll see. Um, you, you just never know. You never know where these things can go. And I think, you know, the more that the customer, and we've talked about this a ton on the pod, the more the customer gets acclimated to delivery of every good, uh, the more I think this type of thing could be beneficial for a restaurant to have inventory of and just be able to deliver. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, like even in older times, you had to obviously had, you know, catering license or permitting to serve alcohol any time, any way or form outside of your four walls. So it's nice to kind of see that um, these are being softened. And there are six more states that have approved the extension of to-go alcohol until at least 2022. So that's good. And there are about 15 other states that are debating active bills to keep legislation in place so the decision hasn't been made quite yet on those uh, other 15 states, but it's surprising. So no shocker that there's trade groups that represent liquor stores and establishments that sell liquor within their four walls. And those groups have been the biggest opposers to sure. these new laws. Uh, their perspective is that alcohol delivery from restaurants and in general will impact public safety. I, I It makes sense. A hundred percent. I'll have to be honest. I've seen and noticed just like, you know, I live in Santa Monica. There was a gentleman walking down the street, just like drinking a can of beer. I was like, what? how is this happening? Where am I? Am I in, in New Orleans? Yeah, it definitely bleeds the line of what's normal. Because as soon as you allow it to leave a store and it's in the public realm, then you just open it up to so many more things. Even if it's sealed, you're still walking around with alcohol more often than you were before. Totally. There's just more alcohol on the sidewalk, in parking lots, close to vehicles. And when you do that, when you allow for that, it just opens up a bigger can of worms that we may have to deal with downstream. So I'm not, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. I'm still on the fence and in a wait and see mode on this, but I do think that it, it certainly is something we have to be mindful of. Sure. Um, as more alcohol leaves the on-premise and leaves the store environment. 
I think it depends on the container that it's in. If there's a way to do it in a sealable container to arrive to the destination that has ordered it, it makes sense, you know. But if it's in like a literal like plastic to go cup, you know, how do you know that the Uber driver is not like doing a little sippy sippy on the side, sure. you know? Where I can see this being great is for, especially for summer, like, why not call up your local restaurant, you know, order your like eight to 10 party size sangria mm-hmm. kit and put on a party for your friends. And, you know, the fruits cut up, the wine, bo- the bottle of wine is there, some seltzer cans. And, you know, you sell a $60 package, sell a bunch of those, you know, that that's that makes sense to me. For sure. Absolutely. And I think with something like that, there's a little less risk because, you know, you're selling it for a party and there's an intention. But I think the risk may come in uh, where you've got, you know, individual bottles going out the door, or you know, people coming and picking up and then kind of walking out onto the street. I think if it's getting into a vehicle, if it's getting into a delivery vehicle, it's going into a robot even, you know, I think there's a little less risk there. But I think that, again, the risk is, are people walking around with open alcohol? Are they walking around with um, things that they've taken out of an on-premise environment? And they're heading to a destination and they've got booze with them. I mean, and you see it around. I mean, in Vegas and like New Orleans and yep. like some vacation destination spots, it's not a big deal. It's harder in the like metropolitan areas where it's like, you know, dense cities. Right. It's a bit different, you know, a exactly. lot of liability on, you know, for the patron side and just from, like we said, the safety of just humans out there. For sure. And I bet you if you talk to law enforcement in places like New Orleans and even vacation spots that allow it, like they deal with a lot um, that we don't deal with in areas like L.A. that haven't allowed it historically. Uh, They just deal with more things like public drunkenness and just more disturbances and that type of thing. So just, you know, you're you're certainly helping the restaurateur. I think from our perspective, from the operator side, there's a definite revenue base there that we could explore and we should be looking at for sure. Um, But I think there's a almost a wider public health and safety issue that we have to uncover perhaps. And that's it for our bite-sized news coverage today. You can find us at happymouthpodcast.com restaurants.yelp backslash happy mouth. Don't forget it. The mouth is happy. Or on Instagram at happymouthpodcast.com Have a wonderful day and we hope to see you next time. Have a nice day.